Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. Today, we are doing the Man on the Street Podcast, man and woman on the street, actually, with my absolutely faithful and cringe-worthy co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. I know you're dying right now. So cringe, as my son would say, because we're not just on any street. We are on a street that has a billboard about the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. In case you're watching this and you didn't notice the giant billboard that's right above our heads. It's right behind us. That's, that's us right. on a billboard. We have officially become a meme. I don't know what the, they're going to write, but it's going to be something bad. It's going to be awful because we are literally a meme. Like, I, I don't know how we could be any more L.A. right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a billboard over we're on third there's one over on sunset but it was too far away we couldn't drive all the way with the traffic at this hour no it's 5 30 p.m on a on a friday that two miles will take us you it know was like 30 minutes easily easily so we're a little bit closer we are by the beverly center which is you know a fancy place on its own so we're just down the street from the beverly center on third street in los angeles doing a podcast in front of a billboard about our podcast and so let's do the podcast. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about now we just, that we're we, here? <laughs> so we just got back from the Aesthetic Society yes. meeting in Miami, and it was awesome. It was super awesome. This is the meeting we go to annually, usually about this time of year, and they always have it in really nice, fun, exciting places. And this year it was in Miami. We were in Miami in 2019, but, you know. It was Who's so counting? fun. We had to go right <laughs> had back. To go right back. <laughs> had to go right back. So, no, it wasn't 2019. It was right after the pandemic. So it was 20, no, 2021. 21. So, like, literally, yeah. we were just there. That's how fun Miami is. And But that, that wasn't the point. The point is it was an educational meeting. Yes. It was, and it, it was, was really fun. So there was a couple of things. Some of the general themes that I noticed is that tech has really taken to plastic surgery in a big way like there's so much new technology in term in terms of the machines and diagnostics and and in minimally invasive i was really into the fact that we're using power tools for rhinoplasty there's you know the piezo surgery ultrasonic rhinoplasty and power tools for dorsal rasping and all sorts of lasers for the body and the Morpheus. It was it was a lot to learn. So much tech. And you could see that in the marketplace, which is their giant central market, literally, of every possible kind of vendor, you know, selling technology for financing, for oh, yeah. fillers, for Botox of all varieties and name brands, the machines, the devices, ev everything you could possibly think of was at the marketplace. And it was cool. I mean, I, I think it's, you know, the, the tech is really evolving super fast. I mean, it is not like th this specialty literally changes every six months. Yeah. Like by the time we go to ASPS, it's going to be a whole nother ballgame. I mean, it really is. It, it's going very rapidly. And I think if you want to provide the best care for your patients, you kind of got to dig in. True. But it's not just technology. It's techniques as well. So that's one of the really cool things I think about plastic surgery compared to many other surgical specialties is that it's constantly changing. The way we do any given procedure changes and, and generally for the better because we continue to identify problems with our results and then come up with new ways to fix those problems. And so it's a constant evolution of our practice, which I think is, is really great. Yeah, and I think I made a statement at some point that if you keep an open mind about technique, because it, it, yes, it, it does evolve, but it also there's a revisitation of some 
previously bygone techniques, for instance, preservation rhinoplasty. Deep plane facelift. Yeah, I mean, these are <laughs> techniques that have been around forever, but they've been polished, you know, they've been dusted off, polished up, rebranded, and reintroduced, right. usually with some technical advantage for why they're being brought back. It's yes. almost like... Well, it wasn't that great then, but now because we have these instruments and we have this understanding of surgical physiology, that now those techniques are relevant and they should right. be revisited and refined. And I think that any plastic surgeon that says, I never do blah, is somebody who is dogmatic. And I've always said this, and it's the Pittsburgh mantra, dogma will get you in trouble every time. You cannot be dogmatic. You will... You will ultimately become a dinosaur and you know what happened to the dinosaurs oh we do i think that's interesting that you say that because we actually had um this honorary uh, award given to one of the giants in our field dr john tabbits and he's well known for introducing many not only techniques but devices actually yes. into the world of plastic surgery and that was one thing he always tried to kind of hammer into his trainees into his own family into his friends is that you can't continue to always do the same thing. He said, question everything. Question everything you've been taught, every rule. And just because it's a rule doesn't mean that it's right or that you have to That's keep right. doing it forever and ever. So I think that kind of goes along with the same thing of not being dogmatic is, yes, get your learning and your training and then question it. Is that the best technique? Is there maybe something better? And maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But you got to question. You got to. And that's the only way you evolve as a plastic surgeon because I can tell you that we as plastic surgeons have the ultimate learning experience in that we ha get to watch our patients heal. Like we do surgery and we use everything that we know, that we've been taught, that we've learned, that we've developed. And the way that we learn is we see how they've healed and right. how they do over time. And that allows us to have the experience to get better on the next operation for the next patient. And, I, sure. and I say that I, I improve my operations while they're happening. Right. I, I, surgical, you know, suture tensioning, everything from, ooh, that graft could be a little thinner. Maybe I could have gotten this kind of support this way. And, and you have to understand that every patient deserves your, your utmost attention, the most that you can do as a surgeon every single time you walk into the operating room. A thousand percent. Well, is there any new technique then that you are going to bring home from this meeting or something that makes you, you know, question what you do? Well, I just discussed the surgical net with my facelift patient. <laughs> oh, hey, that is, <laughs> and you that know is what, a thing. Do you know what face she made when I did that? She went, Ooh. yeah, so mm. I'm, I'll keep trying, but I will tell you that I don't know about, so, so you and I sat there listening to these experts who love doing the the surgical net, the, the hemostatic, the hemostatic net. net as they as they sew the skin down to the facelift flap underneath. So this because is they don't have to use drains. Right. So this is after a facelift. You've done all the work. You've lifted everything. You've cut the skin off, and sort of as a form of addressing, you're doing these external sutures. So going through the surface of the oh, skin yes. and suturing that skin down to the deeper structures to keep it where you want it, keep things from sliding around, prevent fluid accumulations, things like that. And it all makes sense, but the appearance of it is 
frightening it's, it's to the patients that aren't <laughs> expecting that. You look like you have, as one of our patients said, staples all over your face, like literally all over your face and neck. Did you ever see the movie Hellraiser? No. Okay, so this is a movie before you, probably before you were born. No, probably about the time you were born, where this guy had like very organized systems of nails coming out of mm. his face, and it looks a lot like Hellraiser. Right. So from my standpoint, it's tough to look at, but I get their point. So I, I of course, having the, an open mind, said, you know what? Let me let me find out. You know, it, it, it's not difficult. It's just it's stitching not, the skin and down. And it's not permanent. No, and These it's only for two out, or three days. Yes, after two or three days, the sutures are removed. That's it. You're not walking around like that. It's during the downtime, and you're gonna be sitting at home anyways. Um, no drains. No drains. It's just you got to get your patients prepared for it. They got to be ready. Yes. Now, my patient today is not ready. <laughs> well, she's an experienced. Uh, she's she's in in the industry. I, I can't say what she does, but let's just say she has intimate knowledge of plastic surgery and understands what it is yeah. to do that. So her response was, yeesh, Ooh. can't you just put drains? <laughs> I said, yes. I've yes, been I doing can. that for. <laughs> 30 years and they've worked great and yes. you know my, it's not like my faceless so once again the way that I always look at it does this technique solve a problem do I have a problem that I need to solve and the only thing that I can think about with the hemostatic net that surgical netting that you do with the the, the it's with nylon suture mm -hmm. the only thing I can think that would be an advantage to that would be that you would really have almost no chance of a hematoma yeah, I don't know that that's true. Well, I don't know that that's true either. I mean, that, that <laughs> so is I didn't the see theoretical proposition of it. But if you have enough bleeding and you have a large enough pumper, it'll find it'll a find way a to seep out of the incisions, right. out of the ear. It'll, it'll find a way. It may decrease the chances, but to say you will never have a hematoma, I don't know that that's true. I like it more of the idea of redraping the skin where you want it. I do that with my mastectomy reconstructions. Right. I put that nipple where I want it. I tape it down. I suck it down. So I could kind of see it from that standpoint to really lay the skin in a place that you want it. So I'm I'm open to it, but yeah, you got to find the right patient. I think once you do it all the time, your patients come in expecting that, but for the uninitiated, it is a big ass. It was going to be a tough one, yeah. so I I was not able to sell that <laughs> at all. Um, but but uh, but I'm going to keep trying, and there will be one where There'll I'll say I, I I'm going to do this because you need to do it. I'm not going to really kind of see how they feel about it. I knew this patient was probably not the one to do it on, unless they're like, oh my God, I love the hemostatic net. Yes, so do that for me. That wasn't the case. Right. And that was somebody with experience, experience. Who, who can say, "What are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> are you crazy? That's crazy. By the way, because we're doing this podcast out here, I have to kind of quote the Blake Griffin, uh, shit people say in LA. Shit <laughs> people say in LA is the best. It's a very, very good. Because <laughs> it is... <laughs> so <Spot> true. On. <laughs> so I might say, you know, not only would as his point was, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. I really got to think I have something to say. I'd say, I think about putting a billboard up <laughs> on Third Street and doing a podcast because I really think I got something to say. I think we just <laughs> added to that. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the that's the additional piece. So what did you find? What was your, you know, you did all those very difficult breast sessions. I did. Yeah, I really. What was the home run? Are we just doing subcutaneous reconstructions now or what's the deal? The muscle, forget it. Well, that's in the reconstruction world. And I, I think what I was really focusing on was the, well, it is reconstruction, but revision breast. 
and complex breast surgeries. And what I really sort of took home from it was that I should just be putting Galaflex in everybody. You know, yeah. Galaflex is a synthetic mesh. It's absorbable. And I typically use it in complex breasts where I need to, you know, redo a IMF fold. I need to restructure the capsule. I need to reinforce some really thin tissues. So for the kind of complex stuff I do, it works really well. But a lot of these surgeons are sort of just putting it routinely in all of their mastopexy augmentations. Any revision breast is getting Galaflex. It's just being really more widely used than I am currently using it. And I'm not opposed to using it more often. I think it's great. I really do think that it adds a lot of value to the surgery. So I think maybe I should just be doing it in everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps a lot. I, I have seen some issues with it. And by the way, just for the Sunshine Act issue with uh, the fact that we're talking about these products, I have no uh, disclosures about being involved with any of these companies. I don't I don't receive nope. royalties or anything from any of these corporations. They're not advertisers. We don't work with them. No disclosures. Although we are open to it. We are. We Galatea are. <laughs> we would like to have bard. disclosures. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah. Uh, so if you want us to have disclosures, call me. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is stuff that I use a lot too. I, I saw a patient back today with uh, the Galaflex in, and it did really well for her. Uh, but I'm now going to move to the shoelace bra. Love the shoelace. Just to just, I know I probably don't need it, but um, I love the shoelace bra. I love it. It lets me sleep better at night. Yeah. It really so what is. we're talking about is we take those ultra thick hip hop shoelaces. Mm -hmm, the kind you put in your like sneakers. Yeah, exactly. They and come in you, pink, blue, orange, yellow. I get them in yellow. pink for the mm -hmm. for the ladies. So I think they like <laughs> the pink ones better. And then I the, I guess the white also is good for under the clothing. But I like the black for kind of a kinky look, but yeah, you know, you whatever. Know, you can pick. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, the bottom line is you go around the neck, you create a knot, and then you go all the way around the back at the IMF, at the inframammary fold, and it basically holds there. It's it's like a, a splint for the fold. The yeah, fold I think it was Dan Mills that mm -hmm. invented that, he wasn't did. it? Yep, yeah, so I want to credit uh, Dr. Dan Mills. He, he was the one who kind of really relied on this and demoed it. And I don't know how he, how he came up to it, but I think... He did a lot of transaxillary uh, mm. augs and, and, it, and he did his revisions so that like sewing the inframammary fold wasn't really in it. Like you can't really do yeah. that through the armpit. I mean, I'm sure you can, but it's probably a flogging at, at best. So anyway, I, I, uh, I like the Galaflex. I'm into it. I use it a lot. And I, I agree with you for the complex breast cases. It's Game reliable. Changer. Yep. I yeah, love 100%. it. Anything else? Any fancy devices that you were into? Um, no. I think I just enjoyed perusing. I didn't really yeah. find anything. I mean, we have so many good toys already at Roxbury. We have the Renuvion, the Morpheus, Potenza, all the, I mean, we got so much. There's not anything that we need, I feel like. So I'm happy with what we have. I did like the uh, devices that I found at the Walt Grace Vintage Cars and Guitars oh, yes. party. So we had that. <laughs> we had a aesthetic fellowship of Los Angeles party. Uh, that was sponsored by MERS. Sponsored Aesthetics. by MERS. So I will say that, yes. uh, even though I don't have any relationship with MERS, they sponsored our fellowship party, right. which was awesome. Right. MERS uh, produces Zeoman. They have um, the Bellatero products. Yep. They and Radius. And Radius. They yeah. have a bunch of products out there. They sponsored the party, which was very nice of them. Very generous. And we just had a great time, you know, visiting with past and previous and current and future fellows, yes. as well as the rest of Los Angeles and the United States, people that came to support and visit us. And, it was awesome. And it was great to see all these people in one place. And as I think one visitor said, what was the deal with all of those honeys that were there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That was my brother. <laughs> he was like, I got to talk to you. He goes, he, you know, my brother, I don't know if you got to talk to him. He's very funny, but he kind of talks out. of He jerseys it out of the side of his mouth. He's like, what's all the honeys? I was well, like, well, you know, that's kind of plastic surgery. Yeah. Girls get dressed up. The guys try to look good, too, but. But the girls blow the dudes yeah, out of the water. It's not even and they're, close. They're new and plastic surgery yeah, people really go for it, and the women do. They set a different yeah. standard. They they're, do. They're they look pretty great. good looking. Yeah, and they but they take care of themselves. Yes. They they you know they really are representatives of the industry. And I think you know when your patients see you, they want you to look like you're well put together. Unlike my hair, I get it. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it, but you know I had to grow it out a little bit for for a purpose. Uh, just make sure I could still do it. I think it was really sort of the that. purpose. Can I can I tell you one quick story as we just to close this whole thing off? Yeah. And it's a perfect ending. So on our way here to do this podcast in front of the billboard about our podcast, we stopped at a liquor store because we wanted to get some champagne right. to mark the occasion. Sure. So I go into the store, I get the champagne, I go up to the counter, and the guy, you know, asks for my ID, which they have to do, right? Because like it's just sort of a deal. And he looks at my ID and he does one of these things. Re- uh-huh. re- re- really? Wow. Gosh, you don't look like that at all. <laughs> or you don't look that old at all. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> His eyes were doing these like bug eye thing. I'm not going to say what year was on that ID. That's right. But whatever it was, he was he was like, wow. So that's just, a, you know, we are representatives of what we do. I definitely partake. Yes. And that is why we do we most of it yourself. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Standing in front of a mirror with the Morpheus. Ka-chunk, I do ka-chunk, everything ka-chunk. that I can do. It doesn't require general anesthesia. I offered to inject your Botox. You're like, no. I did. I Are you crazy? Down. I was like, Ugh, no, I know my face better than you. Thank you. No. <laughs> I, I, I like somebody. Doing, I don't know that I, I could try it, I guess. I don't know how I would do on myself with injecting Botox. I'll inject you. Don't worry Thank about it. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, I Because there's a very specific, like, just please put it here. And I'm not sure I would get the right. I don't know. Maybe I would. Be fine. Well, anyway, should we pop that champagne? We should. Yes. All right. It's Martinelli's, people. It's Martinelli's. Yeah, my kids like that. We have no, uh, we have no financial interest <laughs> in Martinelli's either. I think we have to say that also. Or the the gas station Chandon. Ready? Ready? Right. Woohoo! I wanted to fly it. Billboard, <laughs> plastic surgery podcast, Beverly Hills. So that's it, eh? That's it, eh? All right, well, then this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, ravelloplasticsurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Bye.